Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading the book Patricia Sanjin Tells Her Own Story by Patricia Sanjin with permission of Ten of Those Publishing Company. And we are reading Chapter 25, Global Care. In 1979, I was invited by the youth leader, Ron Newby, to speak to the Young People's Fellowship at our church in Coventry. I told him about a small orphanage in Morocco set up by two young women missionaries. A girl had knocked on their door one night and thrust what seemed to be a bundle of rags into the arms of one of them and ran off into the darkness. Inside the rags was a tiny baby girl who was the first of many other children who came in the same way. In those days, if an unmarried girl had a baby, the lives of both would be at risk from their families and neighbors. The two ladies then felt the call of God to make the children their life's work and in a wonderful way acquired a farmhouse in the mountains where they brought up many children over the years. From the hospital in Tangier, we were sometimes able to send them babies who had been abandoned. The Young People's Fellowship Group responded to what they had heard by organizing a sponsored walk to raise funds for the orphanage. When the young people later scattered to various colleges, most presumably forgot the sponsored event, but the leader, Ron Newby, did not forget. Sometime later, he went out to visit the orphanage and continued to send funds and keep links. Perhaps this foreshadowed his vision, which was fulfilled later, of founding a global care as a Christian charity with its compelling slogan, You can't change the whole world, but you can make a world of difference to some children in need. In 1983, two years before I went out to the camp in Sudan, Ron Newby, who at that time was also the director of social work in a large national children's organization in the Midlands region of England, was at the Christian conference called Spring Harvest. He was impressed by two men from Uganda who he met there and invited David Wakamara and his brother to his home in Coventry and brought them down to visit us. They told us of the awful conditions in their country after the Idi Amin massacres, which left thousands of children orphaned, especially in the Wurande district. David had started to help these children in a small way, and realizing Ron's extensive professional child care experience urged him to come over and visit Uganda. In November of 1983, Ron was seconded by his employers to visit Uganda. Arriving there, he was invited to meet the head of the government, Voluntary Social Services, a woman who was desperate at the way things had gotten out of hand. With countless number of orphans and needy children, she and Ron had agreed to go and visit the most dangerous part of the country, Luera, where the civil war and massacre were. Hearing what was planned, the official driver of the government vehicle refused to go. So Ron and the party drove themselves. After a long drive through the deserted countryside, they came into an area where they discovered a large, derelict property with its windows boarded up. Two soldiers were digging a grave at the back of the premises for three small children to be buried that morning. Inside in the dark, squatted on the floor, were about 200 children, sniffling, coughing, sick, too weak to cry, their only food a daily meal of boiled beans from a great cauldron outside. They were suffering from measles, dysentery, conjectivitis, and many other ailments, with no one to keep them clean. Ron asked who they were and were told that they had been picked up in the bush, fleeing from soldiers who had raided their village in pursuit of rebels and had killed their parents. Will you please take some of the children, the officers begged, and Ron finally chose twelve who seemed as though they might recover, and who, he had been assured, apparently had no living relatives. He packed them into the back of the vehicle and brought them to Mall in eastern Uganda. There he appointed Christian workers, rented a house, and a children's temporary shelter. The rock was started. Realizing the institutional life was not natural to the Yangande culture, 
David Wackermeyer, backed by persuasive visits from Ron, took on the establishing and organizing of a children's sponsorship program. This involves supporting a widowed mother or placing a destitute child with a Christian family to act as guardians, preferably with the child's own relatives if they could be traced, and paying for school fees and some essential clothing and, if necessary, food and medical needs. There were, at present, about 500 children so sponsored by the supporters of the Global Care in Britain and by CJU, a partner group in Holland. The children are carefully monitored by David and his team, and they mostly live within a radius of 20 to 30 miles from Mbel, eastern Uganda, the center of the work. The scheme now includes a vocational training center, too, with courses in tailoring and secretarial studies, agriculture, and other relevant studies. Every summer, Christian camps are planned for all the children in two large groups, a time of happy holidays and Christian teaching. And in 1993, a discipleship course was added for older teenagers and young people. My active involvement with Global Care has given me the opportunity of meeting and sometimes hosting with many wonderful Christians from overseas with whom we work in partnership, like Edith, David Wackemeyer's wife. In addition to running her own home with a large extended family of orphaned children, Edith works with an AIDS counseling and support project which she has established to bring help and comfort to countless numbers of families affected by the rampant spread of AIDS. In 1983, Global Care was officially founded and registered as a charity by Ron Newby, who became also its first chief executive. I was asked to serve as the charity's president and one of the trustees I began then to be closely involved in this exciting and rapidly expanding work. Focusing on the special and individual needs of children suffering in a world of massive and overwhelming problems. In 1984, Ron Newby again visited Uganda and helped create the Christian Child Care Project in Mbal. A simple newsletter was produced from the end of his kitchen table, and so began what is today an international children's charity working extensively for suffering children in some of the poorest and most troubled parts of the globe. Then came the horrendous Ethiopian famine in 1984, the stark reality of a dry stone wall at a relief camp, dividing those selected to live from those destined to die, was shown on British TV and then around the world. With so little food available, those who were to die watched in mute resignation. Their neighbors ate while they starved to death. Deeply moved by these pictures, both Ron and I were not surprised when Global Care supporters began phoning to ask, what can we do to help? Soon the kitchen table was swamped with contributions and Global Care was able to pay for the first 10,000 pounds worth of emergency food and vital medical supplies to be airlifted to help a partner relief organization at camps in eastern Sudan, bordering Ethiopia. During Easter of 1985, I traveled with Ron Newby to visit these camps, and my stay in one of them has been described in a previous chapter. In 1986, we decided to expand the global care work and expertise to help other Christian organizations and missions, like Friends of Bangladesh with their home joy for the orphan and abandoned children in Kulna, Bangladesh, and in India, where some ex-operation mobilization workers had helped establish a children's home near Balapur for babies given up by their young mothers enslaved in prostitution in the red-light district of Bombay. We also began to help a small number of children in Lebanon who were injured or affected by the fighting in Beirut. In 1988, Global Care first started financially supporting work, too, in a war-torn Mozambique. Many thousands had fled as refugees and some badly mutilated by soldiers' knives to the northern travel area of South Africa. 
later working again in active partnership with the Operation Mobilization personnel from South Africa. We were able to assist a major relief and development program among displaced people in Mozambique, where hundreds of small children were fed daily at the emergency feeding centers. Development programs also included crop-growing schemes, which were organized by local church groups. Now, with the 16-year-old struggle in Mozambique abetting and peace agreements were being signed, much needs to be done to rebuild this form of communist state. Opportunities for Christian witness abound in the, in the country at present, and even a number of government and rebel soldiers have found Christ, been baptized, and joined newly planted churches. In 1992, similar feeding centers were set up for children in the drought-stricken areas of Zimbabwe, and local Christians supported in establishing a children's care center. During 1990, I was again seriously affected by the reoccurring horror of seeing on the TV screen the appalling neglect of children in Romania. When, at the end of 1989, the CSQ regime came to an end in Romania, it was found that many thousand children were locked away in forgotten in orphanages and in institutions intended primarily for mentally defective patients. This was the result of CSQ's policy of forcing women to have unwanted pregnancies to increase the nation's future workforce and to produce children they could not afford to feed. With my active involvement in prayer support, Ron Newby, with his small team of volunteers, ventured out to organize some of the very first convoys of aid relief to Romania. Our little home and those of some of our neighbors were frequently used as collection depots for the clothing and food. Ron was able to gain the confidence of top government officials who registered Global Care as a foreign charity to pioneer a model of family-type care for children who needed to be taken out of large, depersonalized institutions, some of which were in the most deplorable condition. In the beautiful Transvanian town of Tajir Maris, In Romania, Global Care established its Homes of Hope project. In September of 1992, I was thrilled to join a small group from Global Care traveling out to Romania, as I had been asked to officiate at the opening ceremony of the Home of Hopes, staffed by dedicated Romanian Christians. This lovely, spacious property with its garden is situated at the edge of town and has truly become home, a Christian family home. At first, to 12 little children who have been moved from the large institution into two self-contained ground and first-floor apartments to form two new families of six each, with other children to be added. Ion Pasca, the Romanian project leader, and his Christian staff team were actively at work caring for the children in their new surroundings. Children at the Homes of Hope, who were formerly branded by the officials as not being able to be educated, are now attending ordinary day schools. Back in April of 1991, nothing could have adequately prepared us in global care for the massive task ahead when we launched together with an Operation Mobilization Team in Turkey, a relief aid program to the Kurdish refugees who were fleeing the ruthless onset of Saddam Hussein. Ron Newby had just returned from Morocco when the plight of Kurdish people had broken in the news. Over Sunday lunch, Ron, my sister Hazel, and I talked of what might be done. The idea of responding to such a need seemed formidable, Yet we realize that while we can't do everything, we mustn't do nothing. Within days, a relief aid operation was underway from Global Care. Tens of thousands of blankets and tons of food, medical supplies and tents were donated and taken several thousand miles by truck and by shipping containers to the Kurdish refugees high in the mountains of Turkey and Iraq. The way people responded to the tragedy with both money and voluntary help was magnificent. 
little children donated their pocket money. Schools and churches throughout Britain rallied with support, and storage at our Coventry base had to be extended to include the use of an aircraft hangar at the local airport. Numerous volunteers worked around the clock, and one man who walked off the street into the offices to help with packing came to faith in Christ through the testimony of the team. In the early 90s, as Albania had come out of almost total isolation from the rest of the world, Global Care was again asked to help with the very great needs of children in that land, and one special child, blinded and badly disfigured by terrible burns, was brought to England for surgery and given a complete new lease of life. Most years since I left Morocco, I've been back for some weeks to see folks I know know there, and usually I've been able to visit the orphanages Global Care helped to support. In recent years, I've also been able to introduce to Global Care a number of very needy children from families I know, and the charity have been able to assist them. Over the past 10 years, Global Care has developed beyond what we ever imagined. We thank God for the way He has blessed the work as we seek to give both physical and spiritual help and make a world of difference to countless number of children. And Ron's Kitchen Table? Well, it is now in daily use at the Homes of Hope in Romania for children who not very long ago had no concept of kitchen table or a family meal. It seems appropriate. The Global Care now has its own international office here in Coventry and continues to respond with practical Christian care to the needs of suffering children anywhere around the globe. Postscript. Since this chapter was written and following Patricia's death, global care has extended and developed enormously. God has unquestionably blessed this ministry. Over the past two decades, global care has operated with its partners in over 30 of the world's poorest and most conflict-ridden countries in helping directly many thousands of children and young people in about 60 projects on four continents. During this period, many millions of pounds have been raised and used to bring relief and development and spiritual care and hope to children and young people in dire need. In 1993, at a Thanksgiving service for Patricia, the Patricia Sanjin Memorial Fund was established. This fund, administered by Global Care, has continued to help bring children in need in many different countries. The fund is still open to receive further donations in Patricia's memory. For further information or how you may be in partnership with us, you can contact Global Care at Global Care House, 2 Dugdale Road, Coventry, CV61P, United Kingdom. The email is hq at globalcare.org.uk, and the website is www.globalcare.org.uk. And tomorrow we'll read Chapter 26, Home on the Estate. I love you. I'm praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.